Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and I'm grateful we have two poem submissions for this week. The first poem is by Jasmine Bellamy. After. After fear has had its way, denial has run its course, disillusionment has settled in, disappointment fades, the anger dissipates, the grief runs through you, the sadness washes over you, the mourning season ends. All that's left is love. Yes, Jasmine. After all of that, the denial, the anger, the grief, being left with love. So very powerful and true. And our second poem comes from Joshua Garcia. And Joshua's poem is entitled, Welcome Home. Hey, babe, Granny would say, with bright eyes that twinkled as though my presence made her day. This was not home. Home is commingled with anger, fear, and no play. I opened the door and there she was, horn-rimmed glasses and apron no less, to hear the gossip and the buzz. The sacred place where she could guess all my fear, troubles, and distress. A place to eat, a place to pray, a place of comfort, a place away. It was safe when she was there because I had no place anywhere. And here I am years past trying to find home at last. I am home. I tell myself as I look around at all I have the blessings that abound. Yet it doesn't feel quite like I'm there, in that place, somewhere. I know she's here with me, and yet I can't deny, I can't forget. Her home was heaven, I'm willing to bet. I live and move and have my being in the God whose eyes are twinkling, just like hers I have an inkling. If and when I learn to see, home is right in front of me. It is here in this moment, not somewhere else I lament. I will, I must be more kind to this person whose eyes I'm behind. I'm on my way to be the light with a twinkle reflecting in my sight. Hey, babe, I will say, it's the welcome home that's here to stay. Yes, yes, indeed, Joshua. Thank you so much for this piece. It really speaks to love. You talk about a grandmother's love and what it was like to be in her presence. 
And in our first poem, we really discovered self-love as we think about this journey inward, digging past the anger, the grief, the disappointment, and getting to that place of love. So whether you are talking about family love, romantic love, self-love, friendship love, I want you to know how important love is to our homecoming, to our healing journey. And so we're going to talk today about some traits of a loving person. So you can think about these both as you aim to be a loving person and also when you are thinking about forming relationship or you are in relationship, uh, the ways and signs and traits and characteristics that you are looking for in a person as well as in yourself in order to really be loving. And we know that love is a verb, which means it's an action word, right? So we want to show signs when we are a loving person, it ought, there ought to be some fruit, right? It's not enough for me to say I'm a very loving person, right? That's my own pronouncement about myself. When I am a loving person, it shows up in the way I treat myself. It shows up in the way I treat other people, right? So uh, there ought to be some signs, not only the inner feeling, but how do we manifest that? And so in being a loving person, we start really with this idea of our love for ourselves, right? Because if I am in a place of condemning myself, uh, rejecting myself, judging myself harshly, it will be very difficult for me to, in a healthy way, show up with compassion for others, right? And so we want to, as uh, one of our poems talks about, dig past and heal the various layers that may be keeping us from loving ourselves, right? And the more I'm able to accept and care for myself, the more I am able to show up in love, right? Instead of leading with criticism, instead of leading with self-erasure, without leading from a place of negativity, but I am showing up in that space with uh, that inner nourishment, and I can then shine that out on those who are around me. And so I invite you, it doesn't mean that you have to be 100% perfectly there, but I invite you to really reflect on where you are as it relates to treating yourself in a loving, caring, compassionate way where you are with accepting yourself, right? And so to be loving toward others is also uh, going to require some self-awareness, right? Some insight for me to understand what I am bringing into a conversation, what I am bringing into a relationship, what I am bringing into a marriage. I want to really be tuned in so that I can own my stuff, right? Because whenever you are in connection or relationship with others, the unhealed issues will rise to the surface 
because of the realities of intimacy. When people come in close to you emotionally, it can trigger all kinds of difficulties based on your past. It can be based on your childhood and past. It can be based on past relationships. And if I am not aware of those things within myself, then I can blame other people for stuff that is really my stuff, right? I can sabotage relationships because I am not tuned in, right? And so self-awareness is really important so that I can show up in love and also so that when I am having difficulty showing up, I have some insight, some awareness about what is coming up for me in this interaction, right? And then I can work on myself so that I can better uh, be engaged and connected in the friendship, in the relationship, in the marriage, in the family. Uh, So I invite you to reflect on what are the past experiences, as I said, whether from childhood or adulthood, that you know have made it difficult or could make it difficult for you in relationship with other people, right? So whether that is uh, sexual trauma, whether that is growing up seeing abusive relationships or having been in one yourself, if whether that is uh, experiences of abandonment or neglect, whether that is having dealt with a very controlling parent or very controlling partner, whatever the dynamics are, I want to know me well enough so that I can be intentional about the ways in which I show up in the present, yes? And so my self-acceptance, my self-love, my self-awareness can create a foundation that will allow me to be more loving to myself and to others, yes? To be a loving person is also to be empathetic, right? So to be able to tap into care and concern for other people's feelings, right? If I don't care about how other people feel or I assume that they feel what I feel, uh, that will make me a very selfish person that will make me a very self-absorbed person, that will make me very unloving, yes? And so uh, to show up in love, I have to actually care about how you feel, right? And when I care about how you feel, when you share your feelings with me, I will not dismiss them or minimize them or ridicule them or reject them because it may be different than what I would feel or think in the same circumstance, yes? And so to work on being a compassionate, caring person, you want to be able to step outside of yourself, right? If you are always the center of your thoughts, if you always ignore or dismiss the feelings of other people, they will not experience you as a loving person, right? So even if you say, I love you, but your actions show you actually don't care about the things that you know hurt them, then it's going to really be a barrier and a block 
in the healthiness of the relationship, right? So I invite you even now to think about the people you believe you love, friends, family, romantic, otherwise, and yourself, right? These people who you believe you love and how have you responded when you either observed uh, them feeling a certain way or when they shared that they felt a particular way? How do you respond, right? And what is your level of concern for the well-being of those that you love, yes? It's also going to be important to have a balance uh, as a loving person of being both independent and connected, right? So when I'm a loving person, I have a, a level of independence, meaning I can function and do a number of things for myself, and I also can enjoy our time uh, together. Right. And when I talk about a level of independence, I don't mean in an ableist way. Right. Because you may uh, have a partner who has a disability. Right. So it's not about capability of doing the same number of physical or cognitive tasks. It just means that I have an internal life. Right. That there are things that I there are aspects of me that are not just in response to the person that I love, right? So there are activities we can do together. There can be shared interests that we have, shared habits that we have, a shared schedule that we have. And there is also a me that exists separate really from that person. I'm connected and yet we don't have to be identical, right? And that really is important so that I am not threatened by their uh, independence, right? That I do not consider myself to be in competition with their dreams or with their goals or with their career. Like it's not that I have to be the center of everything and anything outside of me is a threat, right? When I am solely defining myself in the relationship, then that puts a lot of weight and pressure and also can be a barrier to the other aspects of that person's life, right? So they may have other friends, uh, they may have interactions with their family, they might like to do some things on their own, they may have hobbies that you're not interested in or not a part of. And that doesn't have to be threatening if you also have a life yourself, right? If you also have some friends or if there are some things you also like to do on your own, right? And so I invite you to think about which area of those two maybe create more difficulty for you. So for some of you, it is spending some independent time may be hard for you. And then for some other people, the flip side may be the challenge where it is hard for you to think about merging your life, right? It's hard for you to think about making sacrifices or realigning your schedule because it is different, right? If I don't really have close friends or if I am single, then everything 
from morning to night throughout the week is all about me, right? It's like what I want to do. And I set, you know, outside of work, perhaps I set the agenda and rhythm for my life and I don't have to consider anybody else, right? If I am friendless, if I don't engage with my family, if I don't have a partner, then it's 100% basically all about me, right? And like I said, with work, that might be an obligation. You may have some commitments around faith or civic duties, but you basically kind of your schedule, time and life and energy is in your hands, right? But when we are in loving relationship, you have friends that you care about, family members that you're um, trying to foster healthy relationships, romantic partner, you are a parent, then you have to reconsider your time, your energy, your commitments, your schedule in order to have not only independence, but also connection, right? So that also means if I am a loving person, I'm a consistent person, right? I'm consistent and reliable, right? That if someone, you know, loves you and is, you know, flooding you with love and attention today, and then next week it's all uh, withdrawn and disappeared, and then three weeks later they're back again, it's not healthy, and it is not considerate or caring, it's a, it's a roller coaster, right? And there may be a number of reasons why that is happening. But if you, you want to think about as a loving person, how can I be consistent in my friendship? How could I be uh, consistent in my parenting or my family role? How can I be consistent in my romantic relationships? And you can figure out together what that consistency or reliability looks like, but there has to be some effort over time in order to be loving, right? Unless like you're gonna be loving one day and then not loving the next day, right? But to say as an overall trait, I'm a loving person, then I want to consider what do I need to work on in that area? right? That my friends, I want them to know if they need me, whether that's in a practical way or just like needing to speak with me to talk through an issue, to problem solve, or just need some encouragement that I'm going to make myself available because they're a priority for me, right? So I can't make that commitment to everybody and anybody, but the people who I really love, right? My friends who I really love, my relatives that I really love. So, and, and I, this is an important time to distinguish. Some people, you know, will say, I love everyone. I love the world, like this kind of global sense of love, right? And so that can be a posture, which is like a mindset of, I think of everyone in loving terms and positive terms. I don't want to do harm to anyone. I hope everyone has a good life, right? That's kind of a, a global statement of being loving, right? I'm positive. I, I like to think positively about the world. Yes, that is different than being a loving friend 
a loving family member, a loving partner, because that is a deeper level of connection, of consistency, of relationship, right? So even for yourself, you want to think about what I call myself loving. Do I mean globally and generally positive toward the world? Or do I aim to be loving in my interactions with specific people, right? And that doesn't have to be either or, but for some people it's one or the other, and for some people they both, right? So be honest with yourself about what does that mean for you, right? When you aim to be a loving person, is it more a worldview or is it um, specifically in relationship to these particular people, this is how I want to show up for them, right? All right. And a loving person, going with this, this prior statement, is also uh, someone who can uh, communicate or express their care, right? Because I mentioned you might feel something on the inside, but if you don't convey it on the outside, uh, that's a barrier, right? And it's not the healthiest expression of love, right? So you want to think about using your words or and or with your actions, how do I aim to communicate to others that they are a priority, that I am concerned about them, that I want to make myself available to them, that they mean something important to me, right? And so you can reflect even now, what are the ways that are most comfortable for you to express that you care? And then what are the ways that perhaps are difficult? And these may be things that other people have asked of you in the past, and it's challenging for you to show up in that way or to express it in that way. And then you can think about, is that something I want to try to work on? Or do I prefer to be with people who don't desire that type of expression, right? So, you know, an easy example is around words or around time. So, you know, some people like to hear the encouragement, the affirmation, uh, to hear how you feel about them. So if that's hard for you, you want to be honest with yourself about, is it hard for me, but because it's important to this person, I'm going to work on it and I'm trying to get better at it? Or is it hard for me and I don't want to work on it and i rather be in relationship with someone who does not uh, put an emphasis on, you know, the spoken affirmation, validation, encouragement, compliments, right? So this is important as we're thinking about loving because there's both the giving and the receiving, right? It is what is effort for us. And then there are some ways of loving that might be easy for you that you don't even think about, right? But it's like, I just noticed that uh, this need was there and I step in and I feel the need. And to me, it's not a big deal, but this person really appreciated it and valued it. So that's like this really beautiful thing, right? So, you know, what are your expressions of ease and what are 
maybe loving expressions or ways of expressing that may be more difficult for you. When you are loving person, you also are present. You know, you are present in the moment and you want to think about how it feels when you're in the presence of someone who seems to not be interested or seems to be distracted or seems to be bored, right? So that's not a good feeling. So when I am a loving person with my time, I'm, I'm paying attention with my energy, with my eye, eye contact, with my responsiveness, with my affection, I'm present, right? And so when we are neglecting or when we are neglectful, when we are disconnected, it doesn't feel loving, right? And so this is one of the things we have to be mindful of, especially in long-term relationships, right? Because often in long-term relationships, people can start to take others for granted. And so it's like, oh, you know, they're going to be here. You you know, you're not really excited because you just expect them to be there, right? And so we want to be intentional about continuing to show up, right? To not check out. You're just kind of a stranger's passing or assuming like, oh, I already know everything to know about this person. And so, you know, I'm on to something new or something that will be fresh, different, interesting. But to be able to have sustained interests means that I continue to be present, right? I'm not just present because this is like the flavor of the day, the flavor of the week, interesting in the moment because it's new and shiny and sparkly, right? But can I be present for the longer term? So that's what you have to reflect on about yourself is do I have difficulties with sustained attention, right? Do I have difficulty being present with people once they begin to see me, right? Because, you know, in early stages, people don't really know you. And so for some people that's comfortable, right? Not being known. So you want to think about that if it is frightening, uncomfortable, threatening, risky for you, for people to actually see you, for people to actually know you, right? And so then to be loving, can I show up and be present, right? Can I show up and be present for my friends, uh, in my relationships, for my relatives, or am I perpetually daydreaming, fantasizing, wishing I was someplace else. So to be loving, we show up in that way. And that's very important. And then we want to consider when I am loving, I aim to be a blessing to the other person, right? That I would like their lives to be enriched, to be nourished as a result of my presence. And likewise, I would like to, as a result of their presence in my life, that I am enriched and that I am nourished, right? So people that we love, we want them to have 
better lives, right? So our poet talked about the grandmother who was excited to see them. I have, you know, my long-term friends, my my best friend from college. We met, you know, the first day on campus. And so, you know, all of these years later, it is still a mutual caring for uh, how can we support each other in our dreams and our happiness and our fulfillment. And so you want to consider What are the ways that I have tried to be a blessing to those that I love, that I try to edify their lives? And what are the ways in which that I know my life is even better, right? Is more beautiful as a result of their presence. Yes. And so these are ways that we love and we want to think about as I come home to myself, an indication of me being at home within myself is me being able to love myself and also to be loving toward others. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.